Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Underhood Show presented by Mel Hamilton Ford. My name is Phil Nightingale. I'm the general manager here at Mel Hamilton Ford. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. It's a beautiful Saturday morning yeah. out there. I'm glad it's not raining or anything. <laughs> screw up everybody's holiday weekend and stuff. So hope everybody's having a great and fun, fantastic 4th of July. And, uh, of course, Monday is we will be closed to honor the 4th of July. So uh, everybody's going to. All of our employees are going to have fun and exciting stuff there, too. But uh, we're open today, normal hours and everything else, too. Of course, we're always closed on Sundays. Uh, so everybody have a great 4th of July. Have fun, stay safe, and shoot lots of fireworks. There you go. Yeah, I cannot believe that it is already July. Like, that is... Uh, Me either. Absolutely crazy. But here it is. Here it so. is. Here we go. Exactly. So, hey, it's a call-in show. 316-462-3673. Hey, anything ailing your car, tires, brakes, batteries... Anything in the automobile world, anything you want to talk about, MH Ford Racing, anything in the racing world you want to talk about, and each and every call for just calling in the show, you get a great price package as always. And when you call that number, it's coming to our front desk. Tell me when to get past you into the podcast, and we'll have your question and answers and give you this great price package as always josh what's in that package so we're going to mail it out to you but it's going to consist of the works which is an oil change and tire rotation we use motorcraft oil and filter products here at mill hamilton ford while we're performing that we're also going to complete a multi-point inspection on your vehicle checking over the brakes tires steering suspension all the safety related components You'll also receive yourself $10 to Mel's Diner so you can get yourself something to eat and drink while you're uh, with us. Complete nitrogen for your tires so you get all the great benefits that nitrogen has to offer. And then a BG products package, which is going to consist of a can of MOA or motor oil additive for your engine oil. And CF5 for the fuel system. Again, just getting that vehicle geared up and ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. All right, let's get the phones ringing. 316-462-3673. And again, anything ailing your car or just want to talk about anything in the automobile world, love to hear from you, love to answer your questions, and it's the only show I know you get paid to call in on. So let's get them ringing, 316-462-3673. James Furman, good morning, as always. Hope you're having a great Saturday. I bet you're working, though, too, buddy. But uh, happy 4th of July, and James, thanks for joining us. Anyway, Josh, uh, it's, uh, you're right. I can't believe it's July. I can't believe it at all. It's crazy uh, from that part, but uh, it is what it is. So. I know our, our shop's been crazy busy getting everybody ready to have good plans for the 4th. It looks like the weather's going to change up after today, hopefully, and have some nice weather for the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah, it got uh, dry and dry and heat towards next week for sure, and uh, it's definitely between people traveling and just the the uh, higher heat. I don't know, summers always are just seem way busier between, uh, and looking at uh, my calendar out for July and, and even June, what June was in August, uh, guys out for training and vacation. And so we it's try crazy to, what's happening, right? yeah, try to, try to get everybody taken care of. And still, if, uh, there's a training opportunity, we definitely want to get those guys out to, to train, uh, as well. And so it's just a matter of doing, doing what you can to get everything squared away and taken care of and people where they, where they need to go and want to go. Yeah, morning, Delbert. Thanks for watching and listening, Delbert. Der God, I can't spit his name out. <laughs> Delbert, hey, buddy. Anyway, uh, you know, Josh, that is true. Our technicians, and you know, we talk about that at, a lot uh, with our situation and stuff. But, you know, training, that is one thing that is crazy amount of time those guys have to do just to stay up on the deal. Uh, you know, you've talked about if you're out of the business for six months, you're yeah. probably left behind. And that is probably true, uh, you know, in different things. Or, uh, you know, as far as that goes, I've seen guys that uh, chose to stay in the business but didn't really want to train or, you know, learn anything new. And, and that's just the same. I mean, it will uh, – you, you won't be able to – 
you know, to, to repair a vehicle correctly or make any time if you do. And so it's a, it's something that an ongoing process that these guys always have to, uh, be on top of for sure. Um, just, uh, all the advancements in technology and, you know, the, like the lightning F-150 and, uh, communication wise and yep. the, these vehicles are, uh, becoming so intelligent in the sense of, you know, we can talk about like connected modems and, and what we have visibility of as a dinner, uh, as a dealer <clears throat> on yep. vehicles that have connected modems. I was talking with a customer the other day and they were somewhere in Northern Kansas and their check engine light came on. Yep. And uh, happened to have a, a newer model vehicle with a connected modem, and I was able to to pull it up uh, by running the VIN through the Oasis side of things and and tell him what the check engine light was on for. Now that I didn't know exactly what, you was know, wrong. what was wrong with it, but as far as what the code was and and everything like that, I was able to tell him tell him what it was. You know, I had the same sim- similar situation with a customer broke down down at Table Rock and. Uh, we knew we had an issue, but at least we knew kind of a general idea what it was. Don't know exactly what it was going to take to fix it, but you know what, Josh? I couldn't get anybody down there at Table Rock to help us, so we had to go down and pick it up and bring it back here to get get our customer taken care of that standpoint. But that was so cool to be able to uh, be able to know what was going on with the car, at least give us some idea. Uh, I don't ever think these cars will be self-diagnosing. I just don't ever think that's going to happen. You know, um, but uh, at least having the information in my particular case, it was just an evaporative uh, code that the thing had. And it's, it's not that that's not important and it doesn't need to be taken care of, but it's not something that's going to leave the customer stranded. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you so know, from that side, and we got a caller coming in here pretty quick, right? Josh, you got to yep. patch yeah, through. We'll We're going to get, uh, in here. get Craig on the phone here in just a second. Uh, and uh, James, let's go, yep, let's go to the phones and let's talk to Craig. Craig, you're on live with under the hood. Go ahead. Yes, I would like to know if um, leaf springs would cause a um, loose feeling to the rear end when you leave like a stop sign and stuff. I feel like my rear end is um, moving around. I had my rear end rebuilt about two years ago, but I still feel something. You know, that's a, a, a great point, and there are wear items in leaf springs uh, for sure uh, from from that side. So I'm not 100% sure what you're feeling, but it's just – Every time you leave a stop is when you're noticing it, or yeah, it's. It, I feel like there's movement of some sort back there, and um, are you feeling I like, can't you, like what are, are you feeling like a clunk as you as you just as you accelerate, or you after you when you feeling that move? It's right away as soon as I leave the stop light or stop sign. Um, it, it almost feels like. Um, the rear end moves is what I, I swear that's what it feels like. So you kind of feel it in your, in your, in your seat, you kind of feel it like a little, what kind of, of course, what kind of vehicle we got? What kind of vehicle is it? It's the 2011 F-150 XLT four wheel drive. Yeah. So there's a a couple of things that I was, uh, wondering about. There's a, you said it was a four wheel drive. Yeah. Yeah. So that had a, a bulletin for actually lubricating the slip yoke in the Where I said uh, it too, yeah. in the transmission. And I wonder if maybe you're not feeling that thing stick or jerk. Um, as you start to accelerate. As you start to accelerate or as you go to take off. Uh, we have replaced. Well, they, yeah, go ahead. Well, they um, already did that once. They've yeah. taken it, taken the drive shaft out and filled it full of grease, I guess, is what you're talking about. Uh-huh. 
there's a special uh there's a special lube that ford has yeah. for those um and when that was done did it did it the problem go away or change anything it did stop for like maybe two days and then it came back came back yeah and we have put leaf springs uh in vehicles as well uh you know for that there are kind of some um uh, nylon or plastic bushings in between the the springs and stuff like that <clears throat> typically you know movement in the springs you you really feel it or really notice it um from from that side but there are cases where yeah we have put springs in it uh in vehicles more so for a noise or an audible noise than actual f- the feel of movement but we'll throw a diagnostic onto your package yeah, exactly uh, i was going to say Craig, and take a look at that at no charge to you uh and just figure out what's going on because if there is something loose uh you know that's definitely a safety uh concern for sure so well i think if something loose you don't wear something else putting some pressure tension somewhere else on other items wearing other things out too so finding something else up and they've rebuilt the rear end in it and they say that there's it's within specs and all that stuff i guess and but mm-hmm. it's still a, still there well, we'll get that diagnostic added onto your package again. Take a look at that thing at no charge to you, and figure out just exactly what's uh, what's going on with it. Make sure make sure it's safe, and we're not putting any abnormal wear on anything for sure. Do I have to remind them of that when I come in? Or? The uh, the well, so on the uh, package that we'll send out, it'll have a diagnostic on there, and you'll need to tell them you know what what it is that you're feeling. And the other thing is when you come in, uh, I'd I'd go for a ride with you. So if you want to, you know, let me know when you're going to be here and we'll go for a ride. That way I can feel what you're feeling and make sure that we're on the, on the same page, uh, from that side of it. So, all right. Do I ask for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Craig, thanks for the call. We'll get that truck in here and let's see if we can figure out what's going on. And then may, and we can report back on a later show and tell what happened, what fixed that truck. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Perfect. Thanks, Craig. All right. Got another caller coming in here. Let's get Colin on the line here real quick. And while we're waiting on Colin, Mr. Furman, yeah, Jake was racing last night and slammed topless. Kind of crazy. No sail panels, no roof. And the uh, car looked like a dang old truck. Really? Out there is what they look like. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of fun, kind of different. Uh, I know Slime has done that quite a bit. And last year we missed out on that race. We were racing somewhere else or something like that from that part. But, yeah, racing topless is kind of crazy. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Colin. Colin, you're on live with Under the Hood. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I don't know. A long-time listener, by the way. Love your show. Um, but I don't know if you can answer this question or not, but I always get uh, commercials or t- uh, text messages or uh, letters in the mail, cards in the mail about these companies that want to help you with uh, warranty because your car's you know, your car's warranty expired a million years ago. And, and uh, I didn't know if these things were even really any good. Yeah, Colin, you uh, have a, a great uh, topic of discussion there for sure. There oh, are, boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of uh, warranties out there, and you know, through being in the industry for as long as uh, as long as we've had have the opportunity to work with a lot of different uh, of those companies, and what I will tell you is, uh, extended warranties can be great um, for sure, and I do believe a uh, firm believer in them. Um, but I'm a firm believer in the right one. And there are a lot of, uh, 
there are a lot of uh, bad companies out there uh, for sure. Yeah, and, I don't want to name any in particular, but there are a few that have intrigued me. Yeah, you know? and in uh, in some cases, uh, you know, uh, you see them here today, gone tomorrow type deal, and they just they just yeah. want your money. They want to look for reasons to not pay for something. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I've been involved in a lot of different situations where I was uh, really blown away that okay, well, uh, the part, this one part that is covered that you, uh, you say that you take care of made this other part break, but then now that car, that part's not covered because it's not one of your covered components. Well, one of your covered components, uh, you know, is what broke it. So why, why would it not be covered? Uh, I've been in situations where, same here many uh, times where, you know, uh, you get in there and they say, okay, well, the repair is covered, but the fluid that you need to do the job is not covered. Well, how can you do the repair without the fluid? You know, yeah. it's, it's absolutely crazy. Or they want to pay, uh, you know, a, a very, very low hourly uh, rate or a very low markup on the parts side of things. And then they just leave the customer stuck with the other stuff. Or they'll turn around and pay part of the labor and you have to pay more of the labor and different things. And they want to pay a certain dollar amount and that sort of thing too. But here's the best thing I can tell you, Colin, is stay away from the ones that are phone calling you and stay away from the ones that are mailing you uh, from that part. I hear these ads ads out there, uh, these different, uh, warranties and man it's just they try to figure out a way not to pay the claim and uh so i just be careful what you're doing there be careful what you got and to buy one because i i firmly believe you need one because it's yeah. it's sometime these cars are going to break that's why i tell everybody when i buy when i purchase a car from me i promise you one thing it's going to break at some time just don't know when and you need to be ready to go and be ready to have something to cover you because these expense of these repairs are crazy but you got to get one that's going to do a good coverage for you and you don't want one that's going to cover 50 percent of the parts or 50 percent of the labor or figure out like josh said i remember back you know, had a had a do my, do my research yeah well the best thing is come back and get it from a local dealer that's, that's actually selling warranties it's got a all of us guys out here are selling good quality back you know warnings that back the product and everything else from that part too uh so just just be careful just be careful. If you okay. need some help with it, I'd love to sit down with you and explain what we got and everything else. I'll tell you, it's 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 went to where Lisa and I have went, and we have our own company that we've designed to do this. So we make sure we cover the customer correctly. It's it's paying right. the claims, all that kind of stuff uh, from that part. There's all kinds of these warning companies out there that are trying to get your money. That's what they're trying to do is just get your money and then not figure out a way to cover your car. But uh, just got to be careful. Got to be good what you're doing there on that thing. But I still believe everybody needs one because it's going to break at some point in time. And, you know, it's kind of like the powertrain coverage. Everybody's powertrain right now is very, very good. That's not yeah. what you need to buy a warranty for because that's really what's not breaks. It's all the electronics, all the switches, all the sensors, all the computers, all those electronic, the dash, the modules, all that stuff. That's what breaks. Window motors, uh, window switches, you know, those kinds of things. That's what you're really buying coverage for uh, from that part. Gotcha. Yeah. So well, I appreciate it because I, I appreciate you letting me know because again I I keep getting this stuff and wanted to help sorting it out. So thanks for helping me do that. If you got any more questions, whatever, love to sit down and talk to you too to go more in depth with it. Love to help you. I certainly will. Thanks again. Hey, thank you. Have a good day, Colin. You too. Bye bye. So anyway, yes, Josh, and we can talk. I can talk. Yeah. Hours on on extended warnings and coverage. I still remember. You know, when it pops in my head all the time, I sat there and argued with that warning company. An axle seal went bad. The axle seal was covered. The grease got all over the brake shoes. 
Well, the brake shoes not covered. I don't care. They're not covered. The axle so, seal that you're covering damaged the brake shoes. So now the customer has to pay for brake shoes. Yes, they a, sure do. That's the reason that we need it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's just crazy. You know, Craig Spillman comes up here with a warning that he's had for two years. Had great luck. Good for you. Good job, Craig. And uh, glad you're having some good luck with your your warranty and that sort of thing. Uh, but um, you know, it's just one of those deals. You got to be careful. Got to watch what you do. And and you know, I guess the other thing is, is you can get an adjuster on the wrong day, and he's going to yeah. have a bad day or whatever, and not help you from that part too. But uh, I firmly believe everybody with as expensive these cars are today, all the modules, all the electronics, all the technology that's in these cars today, you need coverage. You need coverage to well, and like you. you know, like you said, it's uh, it's not the powertrain part of the vehicle no. that's going to fail. Everybody has a as long as as long as you maintain the vehicle. Uh, yeah, if, yeah, power, you can't the, go out and not change yeah. the one and not maintain the, the engine transmission. It's not going to live forever. The yeah. powertrain components on these things will will literally go forever if if you maintain them and take care of them. And the minute that you don't maintain them or take care of them or there is a failure on it, what's the first thing the extended warranty company is going to want to know? They're going to want to know what the maintenance records are on it. And, yeah, you know, uh, from that side. So uh, it is a uh, it is all the other ah. Uh, add-ons and electrical components and stuff like that. That's really what you need the warranty for. Yeah. Delbert, Phil, can I still qualify for the warranty you guys offer? Yes. That's one thing Lisa and I did too with this warranty is it used to be, you could buy, you only could buy a warranty at the time of purchase. Uh, we, I hated that because, you know, you get through the car and you buy, say you bought a four-year warranty and now your four years is up, but you still love the car. You still want to drive it some more and you want some coverage. Well, we, we couldn't offer that to you. Now we can double. We can offer you anytime you want to buy one, uh, as long as you're on the mileage and time constraints of what we have set up there, not a problem to purchase one of those warranties to keep coverage for you yeah. from that part. And, you know, who knows? I mean, you might have bought a four-year warranty and, and that sort of thing, or maybe your driving habits change and you rent out of miles or you rent out of time or whatever it might be, and you still want some coverage. I, I still, I don't care what the age of the car is, where it's at. It's, it's, you need coverage to cover yourself unless you just want to take the risk and know when you, when a big repair bill comes here, here you go. But things, uh, uh, things change, you know, you originally bought the car and we're only going to keep it for a couple of years and then something changed and you got to keep it for, for many yeah. years. Or you're driving 15,000 miles a year and all of a sudden now you're having to drive 25,000 miles because your, your job's changed or whatever it might be, or you, you moved or whatever from that part. And, uh, that part so hey delbert i tell you what i'll do after the devil wants to know who he can call to get coverage and cost uh we'll get off the show i'll get one of my uh, finance my, uh, managers to call you and uh kind of go over your option stuff so delbert have your uh your current mileage and which car you want because i know you got a couple cars and stuff too from that part and uh might just have the vin number easy for them guys to grab up and pull it up so vin number miles and i'll have one of my guys call you after the show and see what we can do to give you some coverage and, and look at those and give you the options. Uh, and this is what I tell everybody too, when you buy one, it's like I talked earlier in a, a little bit ago is you, you want to make sure you buy the correct miles and time. You don't yeah. want to buy too much time and not enough miles or, or not enough miles and not enough time, whatever it might be. So kind of figure out, and that's what I do. I go back from the previous car you owned, how long you owned it, how many miles you got on and divide it out. So you know how many miles per month, know how many miles per year, then you're actually physically driving. People don't realize until you actually sit down and calculate how many miles a year you're driving. They don't it's, realize uh, it. That's one of the things when somebody's always looking for a car or whatever is uh, how many miles do you drive? And you always get kind of that blank stare yeah. <laughs> yeah. of, uh, well, I want to go somewhere. I got to get it and go. get it go. Yeah. So anyway, Delbert, yeah, we'll give you a call after the show and look at that and give you some options and stuff too. And, uh, uh, but yeah, Lisa and I sent out and designed a great program, a great coverage and everything else like that. And not, uh, 
hassle with different things and stuff like that too going through that warranty program because you, you need coverage i don't care what your maker model car you've got they're all going to break at some point in time because every dealership i checked you know what they got service departments yep it doesn't matter how much you spend on the vehicle it's got a service department <laughs> yeah it's it's going to have to happen. It's going to happen. I promise you. They're a mechanical piece of equipment. They they wear, they break, they're, they get damaged. They get all kinds of stuff happening, what we do uh, from that part. So, anyway, 316 462 3673. Hey, love to answer your questions, comments, anything at all. Automobile world, uh, racing, anything whatsoever. So, uh, so, you raced without a sail panel last night. Sail panels or rough. Really? Yeah, they do it once a year up there at Salina and then, uh, you know, I was really down on it and stuff like that, but it was really pretty cool. I'll tell you why, because you could really see so much more of what the driver's doing in the in the race cars yeah. or coming around and that kind of thing and stuff, too. I thought it would affect how the car handled and different things, and Jake said it really didn't change it That's that much wondering from, from that part. perspective, if he liked it or not. But we had a uh, heavy, heavy track. It got rained. It rained up there, and we had a little bit of a delay, and the guys did a great job putting the track back together and get going. We had a great track. It was just heavy. And when you're running that crate motors that we all run, uh, they're, you know, they don't have all that horsepower in the world. I wish I could have had my open motor in last night. If I'd have known that was yeah. going on, I had it in there and had more power. But when you have a heavy track, those cars, it takes more oomph to get them going. We changed the gear twice just to try to really to in the heat, match it a little yeah, bit in the heat race. I mean, a couple of people text me, Hey, Jake's motor didn't say, yeah, you're right. It didn't. Cause we missed the gear big time <laughs> in the heat race. Uh, from that part, but we got it pretty well dialed in and he started seventh and finished fourth, but it was cool to watch that at, you know, at first I said, I was kind of, what are we doing this for? Yeah. Kind of weird. And when I first saw the car without the roof and the sail panels on, I said, man, it looks like a truck. Just to be different, you know. Yeah, but it was fun. It was cool and everything else from that part. And I guess Salina has been doing that for uh, several years. I didn't, like I said, last year we missed it. We were racing somewhere else from that part. But it was, after it was all said and done, it was very cool. Very cool from that part. So, uh, yeah, I would wonder about the more the aerodynamics and stuff like that of the car, but it sounds like you didn't really think that it made a huge difference well that. i think the part of it is because you know we're you know we're not going as fast as some yeah. of these other tracks if we were over at hutch on the on the half mile yeah. i think oh boy <laughs> that would have really affect them in the corners and that sort of thing not having that extra downforce and stuff on them from that part but uh again i you know we pulled in there and i'm thinking yeah, what the heck are we doing this for but you know after it's all said and done it was it was a lot of fun and everything else too and uh of course, you had that rain delay, so we got out there a little late and everything else like that. But they did a good job of hurrying, the, hurrying up the races and getting them through and and all that kind of stuff too. So a lot of fun. Love to try it again next year, probably. And no, uh, no races tonight. Off tonight, yeah. We got a, yeah, nothing racing around here, or anything else like that. So kind of, kind of need a little breather. We've been running yeah. pretty hard and running these races and stuff too. So everything else too from that part. So a lot of fun. So anyway, Josh, anything exciting happened this? You know, one of the things. Uh, that we've typically talked about two or three times by this time of year. Uh, and I don't think we've talked about it at all is ACs. Oh, you know, I know. Uh, again, it's back to yeah. taking it for granted again, right? <laughs> yeah. Looking at the, at the forecast up and coming and, and how hot it's going to be and stuff like that. It's, uh, definitely something that, uh, you know, if your AC is not working, uh, or not quite or, as good or, as it should be, or not quite as good as it should be. And, and the importance of having the appropriate amount of Freon, uh, in that AC system and, and what that does for your vehicle, uh, for the longevity of that system is huge. Yeah. You know, and it's back in earlier days when we had the R12, the systems would hold four, sometimes five pounds of Freon. So you could have that thing charged a half a pound over, a half a pound under, and it would it'd be okay. It would cool fine. 
and not have an issue. Today, we're running like maybe one pound in some of these cars, and you've got to have that thing dialed in to very tight of knowing that's exactly a pound. you got to have the right proper equipment to measure that stuff. And you, know, you see the commercials on there where they're advertising, put a can of stuff on there and squirt it in your AC. Oh, my God, is that terrible. Yeah. Yeah, what that's doing for uh, for the system, and it may provide a little bit of cool relief uh, right up front, but long term, uh, it's it's going to be detrimental to the to the AC system when you uh, inject that in there, and you know there's there's air in the line when you're when you're uh, injecting it into the system, and you're just introducing that into the AC system, and with that's moisture. Well, uh, and that's one thing they can't side. they can't yeah. handle they can't handle air, and they well they can, but they're not good, and they can't handle the humidity or condensation or or whatever gets in those systems and when you take one of those cans and screw it on there guess what you just did exactly what you're doing for sure you just stuffed a bunch of air in there and you stuffed a bunch of humidity in there and it just don't work uh you know the systems we have here that to properly i mean i still say you need to do an ac service once a year just like servicing your your engine or servicing your transmission or whatever it might be and uh, the best thing is hook the machine up, pull the freon out of it. Let's see how much is in there. So, you know, you know if you pull it, if it says a pound, you got a pound in there, guess what? That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, pull that thing down and get a vacuum on it. Make sure you got an old leaks or whatever, and then charge that thing back up. And this is where the crucial thing is, is that scale that's measuring that freon has got to be very, very, very accurate. Uh, even how long the hoses are knowing that to have the proper amount of freon in the hose and all that kind of stuff too. It's, it's, it's back to that great, uh, quality equipment that we have uh, to do a proper AC service, charge it back up, put a little oil in there because you need that oil running through that system to lubricate it. And uh, a lot of people forget about that oil. You know, the it, definitely the oil, <clears throat> just like engine oil and everything else, that's what makes the system last and uh, yeah, uh, for longevity purposes of everything. So, yeah, so. we've run into quite a few vehicles just this last week. I I know I got involved with one uh, personally. The customer was complaining about no airflow, mm-hmm. and you know I got in it. I was like, yeah, it's not really not really that good. And pulled the cabin air filter out. I was gonna keep it, but uh, it shows. Yeah, it, just I mean, obviously it had not been changed. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know that they knew it was in there. Yeah, uh, but that is something I wish uh, they would just make a standard. Uh, no, me uh, too. Across every every vehicle that had one, um, but it's it is hit and miss. It's becoming more and more common for sure uh, that that they are in there. Um, That's another once a year kind of a situation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you talk about all the dirt and debris that that you have here in Kansas and all that stuff. Uh, Think about that breathing once you breathe in there for a minute. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so you took the cabin air filter out. It was plugged up tight. It was uh, it was pretty nasty uh, and, for uh, sure. I bet money that probably they need to have an AC vent service done on that vehicle too. Yeah, when we uh, when we pulled the cabin air filter out and then went through and explained, you know, what it did and what the job of it was, and you know, showed them showed them that, and then also talked about the AC vent service. Uh, they they were they were uh, they were in on all of it, and so got them got them fixed up. And and again, it's just really more about explanation. I I don't think people do it intently; they just don't know yeah uh from from that side of it and so you know i go back to the the multi-point inspection on vehicles and how valuable uh those things are um is that you gotta have somebody that's knowledgeable looking over that vehicle and telling you what it needs exactly you know 
these things, uh, unfortunately, there's not a there's not an indicator or a, a light that comes on that says, "Hey, I need this" or "Hey, I need that." They don't know. You know, you got to have somebody that's knowledgeable that looks looks it over and and makes those recommendations to you. Yeah. Anyway, hey, Craig's got a good question here pop up. Well, I want to get back to more of that stuff too, a little bit. Talk about an AC vent service and why, what, and all that good stuff from that part. But anyway, he's got his Bluetooth buttons on his 2011 F-150 that work intermittently. And, of course, when he brings it in a shop, guess what? It's always working from that part. So I don't know, if Josh, is there anything that's particular on a 2011 that you've seen on those steering wheel control buttons that I'm – so we have we have uh, replaced the buttons themselves. Um, the other side of it is the uh, clock spring is pretty common. Um, so those wires are on what they call a, a serial bus. So there's not individual paths uh, for each <clears throat> for each circuit. So in other words, when you hit when you hit uh, one of the buttons, it doesn't have its own individual. Uh, you know, wire that runs power and ground to that, uh, to the module from that switch. So there's basically power there. And then each button function has different resistance that it sends back to the switch. Uh, and then the module is able to identify it based upon, uh, the resistance or the, the uh, voltage that is being returned to, uh, to the module. And so a couple of different things there, one could be the switches themselves, uh, defective, but then two, all of those run through what they call a, a clock spring or an SIR coil, which is supplemental inflation, inflation restraint, uh, coil, but it's a, a coil of wires that runs through the center of the steering wheel. Well, there's, uh, uh, typically, uh, like, uh, copper arms that contact uh an outer side of that steering wheel so as you turn you don't have wires that are getting bound up inside of the steering wheel well they're just like a set of contacts they over time get corroded or uh from use from all the times the steering wheels move back and forth uh, you know it it's just wear wear and tear and so typically you see a lot of times that uh coil the uh, being the being the fault but the switches could be too uh from there so yep so anyway craig hope we answered your question he also wants to know if he's got an, a cabin air filter in his 11 f-150 uh so that is yes probably not uh there were some that did have him i think he said it was an xl xlt i think if i remember right yeah well, we can run his VIN yeah. too and check and, and see if it's in there see. too. I would, I would say most likely not, uh, but there were some of the higher end trucks uh, in eleven that did have them. So, and that's why I, I really wish that it was just a standard yeah. procedure across the board that every vehicle. Uh, every the manufacturers, vehicle I think, look at it as an expense sometimes and take sure. that out of there instead of from that part. Yes, it is an XLT. Craig, we'll run the VIN on that. And, and kind of see what you got there and stuff too, and help you out on that part. So another great question coming here through this chat. And Greg, if you want to jump on the phone here and talk about it a little bit too, how much of the job of a service advisor is educating the customer? And I'm going to tell you a bunch. Yeah, yeah. It is a bunch of time and uh, that they spend to, you're right, educate them. Because here's the thing is we need to, everybody has different driving habits. Everybody has a different vehicle, all that kind of thing. And you need to develop a maintenance plan with that advisor that can advise you on what to do and what steps. And remember, I can't stress this enough that in the owner's manual, what they say that they recommend, that is minimum, 
minimum you need to do. That's not maximum. That's not the in-between. That's the bare minimum you want to do because all that manufacturer cares about, Josh, is what? Getting it out of the warranty period. That's it. And then that baby's yours. So remember that. We need to sit down with your advisors and, and build you a plan. And uh, if you haven't had it, had one of these multi-points and one of these in inspections done for a while and say the list is long, let's put, let's put a plan together. What's, what's most important. What's and you know, and hit it for the next couple of visits and then get on stay on top of that maintenance plan. <clears throat> but we need to develop one for you. I mean, if you're, you got a truck and you do a lot of towing, guess what? Your driving habits are different than that guy that just drives a truck down the road, uh, from that part. But we need to, we have a great raise of setting down with you and, and building the correct maintenance plan to protect your investment. Because that's what these vehicles are today. And for the first time in a long time, guess what these vehicles are doing? They're, they're appreciating. Yeah, the value is going they're up appreciating yeah. uh, from that part. Uh, never in my 40 years I've seen cars that appreciate, but that's what's happening in the used car market today. It's crazy uh, from that part. So you got to protect your investment and everything else too. So Delbert Chandler Diffie said he was in your Uber vehicle. Tell him hello. I hope NBC him again or something like that too. So from that part. Great chats coming through here. Let's get the phones ringing. 316-462-3673. Number comes right in the front desk. Tell the ladies on the desk you want to get in the podcast show, and we'll patch you through with your question, and you get a great price package about over 130 bucks. Who knows? Might be like uh, Craig and get a diagnostic, diagnostic on top of that, too. Yep. You know, going through uh, the shop, I can always pick out four or five vehicles that, that we're doing pretty significant repairs to that if, if uh, the consumer hadn't, maintained them just a little bit different it would be a matter of just maintenance instead of repairs all the time and so uh i would yep. always every time rather have just a little bit of maintenance than i would uh you know a repair that now it's broke i've mm -hmm. uh, you know I, I i've lost the ability to choose when that was done uh the yeah. vehicle tells me when it's uh when it has to have a repair instead of uh the maintenance side of things so you know, this this i still remember this story this commercial a long long time ago and i was just a little guy it was a frame commercial uh -huh. god i mean is frame still around <laughs> but anyway they had a great commercial pay me now or pay me later meaning let's pay let's maintain it now you can pay me now or pay me later. But the problem with pay me later, you're going to pay a lot, a lot more. more. <laughs> you're going to pay a lot, a lot more from that, from that vehicle and stuff too. And, uh, you know, let's go back to pay me now, pay me later. Let's go into proper diagnosis and everything else like that too. Josh, I got involved with a vehicle, uh, just, uh, just yesterday, uh, customer called me frustrated and uh, didn't just kind of met new found out about Mel Hamilton Ford and that stuff. I need your help. Cause they were at work and another work person, Hey, you got to go see my home for They'll take care of you. Anyway, another repair shop diagnosed the car and told it was a $2,000 repair, brought it to us and come to find out, guess what? It was just a loose connection down by the, by the wheel of a wiring repair. But again, the diagnosis said, if this code's here, replace the part. So I yeah. understand maybe possibly why they maybe went that way, but they didn't go through the proper diagnosis to go in and dig into that thing and fix it like they need to. Uh, from that part so what i'm getting into where i'm gonna go i'm sure i'm gonna go back to back in the 80s when i went to be attack and uh you know that's what i wanted to do i mean i still today that's my funnest thing to do is work on cars and and get dirt get dirty and have fun it was what's so much fun with me in the race car and stuff too yeah. but training so i i got frustrated when i was at because i wasn't getting paid like i thought i should have got paid so i left and i went to the independent world and guess what i found out very quickly no training absolutely zero and if there was something that was there it was a parts house that was going to come in and say they're going to bring you some training but really what they were trying to do is sell you their parts sell you the parts 
that they were that they were providing that sort of thing. So I realized I need to get back into a dealership very quickly uh, to get training, and that's even so much more important today, just to stay up on this stuff too. To and, and let's go back to that car being misdiagnosed. Uh, would have charged that customer two grand, and some people just pay it and go on. But uh, you know, she brought it to me. We checked it out, and uh, just simple wiring repair back there. And got her on the road and got her going again. And guess what? No code, no nothing. So it's just crucial. You got to be able to have that proper training, have the proper tools uh, to do that job correctly. So anyway, we need some calls. 316-462-3673. Let's get some phones ringing. Love to hear from you. Love to answer your questions. Anything you want to talk about and ailing your world, tires, brakes, batteries, racing, anything else too from that part. So. Anyway, Joshua, we did a video yesterday on the drag Mustang, the 21 Mustang. We're oh, getting yeah. ready to move into another whole, I don't know, say call it series, but the next step into that Mustang. We should have, uh, you know, I don't know all that. You know, I'm out of that drag. You're talking about being out yeah. of the world. Yeah. What if I can get Nick to call in and explain everything we're going to do to that Mustang and uh, the next steps that we're going to put in a trans brake and this and that and everything <laughs> else. And, all I know is uh, turn up the boost, right? Well, we're doing that. Yeah. Uh, we are going, we're running, I guess I thought we were at 10 pounds of boost when we're out there doing the, uh, race, the police deal. Uh-huh. And, uh, we know we got it into the seven seconds in the eighth mile, but we're only running six or seven pounds of boost, I guess. So we're going to turn it to 20, but in order to do that, there's a whole bunch of stuff yeah. we got to do to it, to be able to get it to that part. And, uh, did you get that motor on order by chance, Josh? Not I'm, yet. I'm afraid yeah, no, we're not not going to have yeah. to have one. So I don't the transmission i think maybe i don't know we'll we'll see so anyway stay tuned if you haven't seen hunt for horsepower that's out on facebook i mean youtube we haven't done some videos because we just been so dang crazy busy yeah. trying to get the videos going and stuff you can check that car out we started with a 21 brand new mustang went out rent it down the quarter saw what happened and then showed you put a set of slicks on we just kept building from that now we've got a turbo on it and we're guessing we're somewhere around the 800 horsepower we're going to take it over to bg and put it on the uh on the dyno and see where we're at after we get this all done and stuff too so be interesting to see nick roberts just said he's going to call here in the show and he'll kind of explain what's going to happen with that mustang and what we're going to do next and uh, it's in the shop getting ready to go and of course we're just trying to put it in between all the other jobs <laughs> and, and everything else to get that thing where it needs to go and in that part of things. So we'll get Nick, Nick Roberts will be calling in here shortly and he'll kind of go through and update us all on that Mustang. What's the next steps, how we're going to get it there. And then I can't wait to take it over to BG and put it on the diner, really see how much rear wheel horsepower we do have coming out of that thing. And I think we're going to blow us away, but that's my only point Josh, is as we're pushing it, we're going to push it to the limit. Cause I do want to see what's going to break. Gonna let's, break. Let's see yeah. what breaks first. Is it motor? Is it training? Whatever. But that's part of what we want to do to have fun with that, and we'll see what breaks. And then we'll know when it breaks, we'll figure out to make it stronger so we keep going. So find the find the next weakest link, I think, is what they say, right? Exactly. Exactly. So we'll get Nick Roberts. He's a he's our drag race expert there in Melham Ford Racing. So if you're in the drag world, need some questions, need anything from that parts, that part, Nick's the guy you want to talk to in there in our parts room to help you get your drag car set up or anything from that part. And uh get him here shortly hopefully he's he's texting back so he'll be calling in got hey, a different one yeah let's go with the phones we'll get him we'll get evan on the here. phone here in a minute so nick roberts if you're listening and dialing in hang tight we'll get you back on here we're going to get evan on here first and get his question answered and then we'll get over back over to nick here so evan be patched through here in just a few seconds see what see what's on evan's mind this morning from that part so 
anyway, just got a little note more new cars showing in. That's going to be good. Yes. So we've, have we got our, we have not got the second lightning yet, right? Yes, we did. Oh, did we? Yes. It's here. It's gone. Uh, it was a platinum. Got the phone call. Yep. Evan, you're live with under the hood. Go ahead. Hey guys, I had a question. Um, I've got an older uh, vehicle. It's a 2004 Pontiac Vibe. Um, recently, I've had a an SRS, you know, airbag, um, seatbelt light come on, and I wasn't sure what, um, <clears throat> excuse me, what might be causing that. Um, you know, I'd gone to like O'Reilly's and ran one of their scanners on it to see if maybe that would tell me. But it didn't really give me any information. Yeah, and Evan, that's kind of that's a very touchy one to get a code out of it and the old Riley's and the parts right. I understand what they're trying to do they've got what they call code readers and they read you a code and then they look at the description of the code and they think that's probably what the description tells you what part they need to sell you to fix that problem mm -hmm. but on an airbag light that's a whole different animal to dive into to have the proper you got to get a scanner and scan the codes not just read the codes and get this four digit code out of there and then you, we have a trouble tree that the technician goes down through to diagnose exactly what's going on uh, with that SRS light. And, you know, it could be a simple wire connection to come loose. It can be a simple buckle that needs to be replaced or from that part. And, Josh, I don't know if you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I run into one of these the other day. It was on a, a vehicle, and the, they were saying that the airbag light was coming on and off on. And actually what i found was there was a uh, four or five water bottles underneath the passenger seat mm -hmm. and they were crimping a connector down there and it wasn't making a good okay. connection and so uh there's there's a lot of different things that could be uh could be the cause um from that side all the way from a weight sensor in one of the seats to one of the buckles uh, but basically what we need to do is is have a uh scan tool instead of a code reader and figure out exactly what that uh what the code is that that one has and and go through a, a diagnostic chart uh, for yep. it and so for calling into the show we're gonna throw that onto your package as well uh we'll take a look at that at no charge to you figure out exactly what's going on with it but what i will tell you evan is with that light on uh whatever the fault is so if it's a passenger airbag or a driver's airbag or a you know a pretensioner of some sort uh in a collision that component would not Activate. work like it's supposed yeah. to function um, right yeah. yeah and so when you talk airbags uh you know just day-to-day -day driving no big deal but when you need it guess what it's not there so uh right. it, it's pretty important uh, to make sure that that light's not on. So we'll get that uh, added onto your package and take a look at that uh, at no charge to you and just figure out exactly what's going on with it for you, okay? Okay, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, fellas. Let's get her in here and get her fixed up quick, buddy, okay? Okay, thank you very yeah. much. Hey, thanks yeah, for the call, buddy. Weekend, thank All right. you. All right, let's get Nick Roberts patched through. And uh, the other thing we probably have to tell Nick to do, he's going to have to talk in our language because he can get going on some of these lingos and things going on and stuff in these cars and uh, everything else too. Uh, but uh, we'll get him patched through here a little bit and we'll talk to him about our 21 drag Mustang. And uh, Josh, you've drove that car, haven't you? Um, Matt, you haven't drove that car? I don't think. Well, so I took it down to Goddard to do a car show or whatever, but at that time it wasn't uh, running. So, yeah, so we need to have some. Oh, right. we didn't yeah. have it tuned up right uh, now. Nick, uh, you're on live with Under the Hood. Go ahead. 
Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, buddy. Okay, so Nick, we're talking about the 21 Drag Mustang, the next stages we're going to, and what we're going to do to this thing and stuff, too. And I was telling Josh before you got on here, now we got to got to talk in our terms, Nick. You get going <laughs> some of those terms and stuff like that, and you kind of lose me, too, what all we're doing there. Uh, but we're going to take this thing basically to 20 pounds of boost. And then you got a whole bunch of different things we have to add to this car to you can't just put 20 pounds of boost and think it's going to go. There's so much going into the drag strip thing. And so can you kind of tell our, our listeners what's the next step and what we're doing to that Mustang? So pretty much like any, any turbo kit that you will buy or build, it's just like, just like a supercharger, you know, whatever spring is inside that wastegate is how much boost it can make. Just like the pulley on a, on a supercharger is going to make whatever until you overdrive it. The car now has a six-pound spring in the wastegate, so it cannot make any more boost than six pounds. So once it sees six pounds of vacuum to the top of the wastegate, it opens the wastegate, lets the lets extra exhaust out so it doesn't spool the turbo any harder. Okay. So that's been one of our, not problems, but that's where we've been limited to power down track has been because we can only make six pounds boost. So we have a AEM true boost boost controller that can fool the signal to the top of the wastegates, making it create more boost than the spring is allowing it to do. Okay. Let's back up here for that. Your drag car yourself that you're racing. How much pound of boost are you putting to your car? Uh, 47. Holy slow. 47 yeah. versus six. Now six really. Why not 48? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not 50. my motor still has stock rods and stuff in it too so it's, it's okay, on the limit so six pounds of boost so somebody can kind of understand what six pounds really does so for example i can't remember the exact number of horsepower we were putting into that car but it's in the 400 range from the factory so what mm -hmm. how much give or take i know it's not exact but how much more power would six pounds of boost really give uh, should put us close to the 700 number. I would say it'd be very uh, consistent with like the uh, blower kits that they sell for those S550 cars. Uh, they make six to eight pounds of boost, and they rent, they will get close to 700 wheel. Okay, so if we're going to go to 20 pounds of boost, what's your? Of course, you know we're going to run it over to BG, and we're all done and put it on the dyno, so then we'll know. But what's your guess from six pounds of boost to 20 pounds of boost is going to take it from to, to that point? 20 pounds of boost should net uh, a typical uh, 5.0 like that, close to 1,100 to 1,050 in that realm. In that realm. Okay, so now then what Josh and I were talking about earlier in the show, too, is what do you think is going to break first if we keep going more? <laughs> is it going to be the motor, or do you think it's going to be the transmission? Or, heck, it could be the rear end. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of guys that are having really good luck with the the 10R80s, and then there's a few that have had really bad luck. So a lot of it is in the tuning. I mean, those transmissions are completely controlled by the computer. So whoever you know tunes their car, if they don't set the shift points right and drop line pressures between the shift, that transmission that was never designed to have a thousand horsepower is taking a lot of beating between the shifts. Yeah. So with the proper tune, like I feel we have with our transmission now. I think it's going to live for quite a while. Um, so do you think then, what, the, so what's the weakest link do you think we're going to find once we put this thing to 20 pounds of boost? you think it's the rods? you think it's, it's usually about 1,100 or more? Uh, if, if the cylinder sees any type of detonation, yeah, you'll bend a rod or uh, melt a piston. 
Okay, well, we're going to find out. I want to know. So, Josh, get a transmission on order, get a long block on order, because we're going to find out where that weak point is for sure. So when we go to that 1,100, say 1,050 to 1,100 horsepower, you know, we just got it into the seven seconds in the eighth mile out there with, with the beat the heat feet, which, again, that was a fantastic show. Can't wait to do that again next year. Uh, but so what what do you think from tops, you know, 790s or whatever that was we turned that night, what's that extra horsepower going to get us to in the eighth? So the biggest thing that we've been fighting now, because the mile an hour and a quarter, and the last time that I took it out after we did our video, um, our, our eighth mile times were knocking on the door of what I would expect to see like a 1090. Um, okay. The biggest problem we've had is, so 2021, Ford changed a bunch of the, the tuning parameters in that car and no longer are able to add a trans brake, which would help us leave on more RPM, which would be more boost. <clears throat> so um, the 2020 models and older, there you could turn them on a tune where you like press and hold the cruise control and another button, and it would make it the transmission go act as a, tra a trans brake. So without that, you can't leave on any boost, so you're just leaving pretty much at idle. Yeah. Um, so do we have we a way have, around that now or not? Yeah. So Smooth Stage is a company out of Kansas City. Um, really great company they make all kinds of different electronic modules for different cars and and bump boxes and trans brake modules but they make one specifically for the 10r80 and we the got 10r80 that's the first 10 hey, real quick the 10r80 is the transmission so everybody kind of knows correct yeah okay yep 10 to 10 speed so they make a, a trans brake and bump module that's specific for that transmission and we got one of the first ones that they had done because I, I have talked to the owner quite a bit on Facebook and told him about what the problems we were having and stuff. So he sent us one. And so we will be able to wire that in and be able to target an RPM to leave on. So let's say like 3,500 RPM. We'll be able to press and hold the button, put our foot to the floor. The RPM will hit 3,500 and the car won't move until you let go of the button. So it'll be like a trans brake in a real drag car. So at that, we'll be able to target whatever our max boost is on the leave with the boost controller. So if we think the track will hold 8, 10, 12, whatever pounds of boost on the leave, it will get us so much faster to the 60 to the 330. And you say 330, that's 330 feet? Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the turbo car struggle. Like most of the you know, blower cars are <clears throat> obviously instant boost. But they fall short on the big end. Turbo cars, it, you know, will make tons of horsepower down track, but sometimes struggle on the, the front the part of the track to make boost. <clears throat> okay, so I'm still back to my question. How fast do you think we're going to get it in the eighth from the 790s to with this trans brake and all this other stuff? Think we can get what, low sevens? Or is that even real? Oh, we will be probably six. So like an eight, I think the car should go into the eights in the quarter pretty easily. So that would be in the, the six twenty, six thirty. Oh, realm. we're going to jump that much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Le leaving, I mean, leaving, leaving on no boost to leaving on, you know, say eight, eight, six or eight pounds will be, I mean, a big, big difference. 
Nick, I want to make sure that you understand that Phil is in here writing all these numbers down. I'm just, uh, I just <laughs> want to make sure that you know that. So, <laughs> uh, I think even if it doesn't hit your nickel, yeah. forgot some way yeah. to keep that t thing. Or he's going to come over to, he's going to sit in my in front across the desk and me say, Phil, we got to buy this now. We got to buy this now. Of course, you know what that answer is going to be. Get it done because we're going to go. Uh, yep. that part. So it's going to be interesting fun as we keep moving through the hunt for horsepower to see where this car goes. Hopefully sometime next week, uh, Justin and, and our, our tech and our shop's been doing most of the work on the car can get it in. But again, he's got a lot of stuff on his uh, uh, stuff. So on his plate in the shop, how busy we are. So we're going to kind of work it in and stuff. We'll kind of see how Justin does with it and stuff too. But uh, stay tuned for hunt for horsepower on YouTube or our Facebook page. Watch what we got and everything else, Nick and uh, Maybe next Saturday you can get on the show with us and tell us kind of where we're at and what we're progressing with the car and everything else, too. Yeah. Okay, sure. Nick, thanks for calling into the show. We'll keep everybody updated on our hunt for horsepower on the 21 Mustang and see how we get done. So, Nick, have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for calling in, buddy. Yep, you too. See you guys. Thanks, man. Okay, we got Richard. Let's see if Richard's been holding long enough. Sorry, Richard, we've... Uh, Got a less talk like Rick Strigero just said. Love the gearhead talk. Keep it coming. You got it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> love it too. And uh, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a it's a fun time to to watch the drag race guys and the dirt track guys and everything else like that. We're all trying to do the same thing. Go fast. Go fast. To spend. You have too much money in one pile, and you want to go fast in the other. <laughs> well, it's like one guy you just tell me if you got any money in your bank account, you you ain't went fast. You're not enough. going fast enough. Okay, we lost Richard. Sorry, Richard. Uh, didn't mean to do that to you, but uh, had a lot of stuff to talk about there <clears throat> on the 21 Mustang. So, Richard, if you can call back, uh, hopefully got his information. We can call him after the show and get him a package sent out anyway for, for hanging out, trying to hang out with us. And yep. got there. Greg Murray, for every boy racer with a Mustang GT, what kind of money has to be spent to get there? Well, Greg, that's a wide open question. I can kind of answer that. If you got money in your bank account, you're not going fast enough <clears throat> from that back. Okay, R Richard is back, so let's get Richard patched through. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry about that, buddy. We'll apologize to him in person when he gets on the phone here, too. Morning, Jason. Cox, how you doing, buddy? Uh, so, yeah, that is a wild question there, Greg. How much you can, I guess, spend whatever you want to spend and uh, that sort of thing. It kind of. So every time, uh, you know, you see people all the time bringing in fuel jugs or nitrous bottles and stuff oh, like yeah. that back to the, and so every time I, uh, see somebody walk by with something like that. I was like, well, let me know when you got it filled up. I'm ready to go for my ride <laughs> <laughs> or drive. Let me, yeah, let me take yeah. that thing for a spin. One of those deals. Hold my beer for a yeah. second. <laughs> so, and right, you get a big old grin on their face. Like, yep. Uh huh. It's happening. Yeah, it sure is. So. <laughs> Anyway, let's see if we can get Richard back on the phone here real yeah, quick and send him through here and stuff too. So Richard was hanging on the liner for quite a while. So get to going there quite a bit. So hopefully he get him patched back through here on the show here real quick. See what's on Richard's mind this morning. And they said, we're going to try to send him again. Here is what he just said. So we'll get him here going. So anyway, everybody, it's uh, we're running out of the time on the show. We'll get Richard here on the phone and then uh, we're probably going to have to hang up. So, Real quick, while we're waiting on Richard to come through here, let's. Uh, we haven't talked much about our sponsors help us get through the show each and every week, which is Big Corner Creative for all your advertising needs. Anything you need for your business to help advertise. We started Big Corner Creative way back in like 2008 to help Mel Hamilton Ford advertise and help spend our dollars the correct way. And now Jesse has taken Big Corner Creative in the next level. So we got Richard on the phone. Yep. Richard, you're live with Under the Hood. Go ahead. 
Hey, I went out to the uh, golf tournament at Rolling Hills this weekend, so I wanted to thank your uh, Mel Hamilton for uh, being one of the big sponsors for that. It's a lot of fun being out at that golf tournament. You're very welcome. It's now, fun things we do out there and stuff like that, and I heard a lot of great things from that from that show too. So very cool. Well, uh, I'm I'm impressed with your Mustang. Uh, is it is it top secret or how much money have you gotten invested <laughs> in that, Nate? <laughs> Okay, so that's uh, that's uh, one of those things is that I think every car guy has this uh, deal. There's the money that she knows is in it, and then there's the money that's actually in it. <laughs> is is how that works. So anyway, have we spent some money? Uh, yeah, Richard, we spent some money. Okay, but uh, on the first oh, versions of the car, you know, we go out and we we do just a stock Mustang right out of the gate and run a quarter mile drag, and then we go through a set of Hoosiers and set of wheel wheels on it, and uh, see show you how much faster it goes, and then we tell you what we spent on the wheels and what we spent on the on the tires and then we move into the the next thing we did was some uh, a tune uh and we show you kind of what we spent on the tune and what that did and then we went into uh uh some of the suspension work we did a whole bunch of stuff with steeda uh and changed a whole bunch of stuff underneath the front of it showed what that did and now we've got the turbo on there and we kind of got that out there too and now we're into this next phase of of where we're headed but uh you know it's everybody what phase you want to go into or where you want to go and how fast you want to go with those mustangs but uh and we're going to spend some more money. I mean, we're going to keep going. I want to. I want to get it to the place, Richard, where we figure out what is the weak link. Is it the motor? Is it the? Uh, is it the training? Is it the rear end? Where Where is the weak point of that car? I should say weak point. Where, where's the breaking point of yeah. that car? If we're going to put eleven hundred horsepower through it, and just keep going with that thing well, from that part. But uh, we have spent some money. I will tell you that. Well, would you would you just do me a favor and everybody else a favor? Make sure you invest a lot of money into the best roll cage you can get in that thing. So yeah. nothing's worth worth it if you get injured. Richard, you're exactly correct. And when we get to a certain speed, I don't know what that is legally that we I shouldn't say legally. When NHRA requires you to have a roll cage, when that does happen, I promise you we will have the best top notch situation in there. The best. I think we got a pretty good seat in there right now with the Ricardos. Uh, with the right seat belts, all that stuff, I promise you we'll have the best top-notch stuff. And you're right. you got to be safe before you can go fast. It's kind of like brakes. you got to have brakes in your car if you take off. But you are exactly correct, Richard, because, you know, could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. You want to make sure you're safe when you uh, when you get in that accident. I just hope it never happens. All right, sir. Thank you very much. No, hey, buddy. Hey, thanks for hanging on with us there for a little yeah. bit and everything else, too, Rich. really apologize having you hang on that long. No problem. Have, have a good day, day. buddy. All right, we got one more call. Let's get Dick on the line here. We'll see what Dick's on Dick's mind here and stuff too. And uh, I was finishing up with Big Corner Creative. We'll get him in here. And uh, Jesse's got a great crew down there from webpage design, race car wraps, window wraps, vehicle wraps, window wraps, anything to advertise your business. It's a complete advertising firm that can help you with whatever you need to do your business or if you just need a webpage or whatever you might need. Those guys down there, Jesse's always, they always say, just Google us. Uh, Go to rent right here inside Mill Hill and Ford. Hey, I bought some more vehicles again for stand because we're trying to hard to, I can't get any vehicles for the, for the uh, fleet side for Ford because they're keeping everything retail and let's go to Dick. Dick, you're on live with under the hood. Go ahead. Hey, thank you, uh, Josh and Phil. Uh, earlier you were talking about, uh, airbag light and, uh, my daughter stopped by yesterday and, uh, I was looking at her car and, um, her airbag is light is on on the dash. I'm like uh, asking her about it, and 
I guess it didn't used to be on. It just came on, and you're talking about the safety issue, and so that sort of piqued my interest. Yeah, that's definitely something. Yeah, that's definitely something if the light's on. Uh, now, let me rephrase that or start this over again because uh, every every manufacturer goes through a self-check when you very first, uh, on the airbag system, when you very first start the vehicle up. Uh, I think Chevrolet's, the, the airbag light flashes seven times. Seven Ford, times. The light stays on consistently uh, until it's done that self-check. Um, you know, I know some of the other manufacturers have a light sequence too, uh, but once it's done with that light, uh, with that self check, then it should extinguish and not come on. And if it does not, uh, or if it is on, uh, after that self check, then, then whatever component it is that, uh, has indicated a fault or an issue that part of that system is disabled, uh, during that ignition cycle until it redoes the self-check and everything's cleared. So if you have an airbag light on, uh, there's something that is not going to function if you were in a collision and needed those components. Right. So sort of lights stay on after, like say 30 seconds after she starts the car, is it on? Yeah. She said it stays on all the time now. Yeah. So the, my biggest fear with that is Dick is if you are in an accident or whatever, those airbags are not going to deploy or do the right thing to protect her uh, from that part. So we need to we need to put a diagnostic on his page on his uh-huh. on his uh, package too and get that car in here and let's get it diagnosed at no charge. Let you know what's going on with that airbag system and stuff too. Because uh, I'm telling you, if you're in a wreck and that airbag goes off, you're so much more safer and so much better uh, not hurt. And a lot of people say, well, that airbag hurt me. Well, if that airbag hurts you, I hate to tell you how bad you would have been hurt if that airbag yeah. hasn't wasn't there right. uh, from that part. Well, that's sort of what piqued my interest was uh, I, I didn't realize with the light on uh, that indicated the whole system was is not functional so yeah so now yeah so it won't uh, it does not disable the entire system just wherever the fault is but without knowing what that is uh you know it could be it could be anything uh, yeah. and then the other side of that is uh you know the the system is advanced enough that you know if you're hit in the driver's side and it's only going to deploy the components that makes sense so there's a bunch of inertia switches all the way throughout that car and you know it's only going to deploy whatever those inertia switches are asking for um but again if it's not if you got something that has a fault and it happens to be at the right right spot it could be a bad deal for sure so we'll get that diagnostic added on your package as well and uh take a look at it for you all right then all right. Thank you very much. No, Nick, nope. thanks for the call, buddy. Thanks for the call. Anyway, we was talking about go to rent. We finally got some more vehicles over there for staying because we can't get any fleet vehicles from Ford right now, so I'm having to go out and purchase a few vehicles and stuff too. Delbert Auto says a great place to get your rental car, so Stan does a great job over there for that. And then also our last one's BG Products. Hey, all the great preventative maintenance products we use to maintain your cars, keep them going many, many miles. Love the partnership we have with BG Products, and I'm telling you, if you need a fuel additives, whatever it is to keep your car running better, there's not a better product out there than BG Products. I promise you, I've been using them since 1987. I think so when I started using those products and that sort of thing, too. So, Josh, everybody, have a great 4th of July. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next Saturday.